Mr. Simpson, it may astonish you to learn that I am an immigrant. You? I don't believe it. No, in truth, an illegal immigrant, sir. If Proposition 24 passes, I shall be forced to leave this country. Oh, I wish... Oh, I wish I could have stayed just one more year or two. There was so much I wanted to see and to do and to have done to me. Oh, my God. I got so swept up in the scapegoating in front of Proposition 24, I never stopped to think it might affect someone I cared about. You know what, Apu? I am really, really going to miss you. Four-finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Finger Discount. This week we are here to review much a poo about nothing. I am Dando. I am Mitch. I'm also very excited. Why is that, Dando? Because oh, well, what? I was about to guess why. It just it occurred to me as soon as I asked. I would prefer if you guessed. Uh, because this is the last time you are going to be recording as a non-father. Correct. Yeah. It's um, very exciting. I have no doubt. Ash is, <laughs> Ash is actually probably more excited than I think either you or Nicola. She cried more than Nicola did. When we told her. When, yeah, okay. <laughs> you, you, you were there. You, yeah. You think Ash was just like, no! Yeah. And I was like, and well, uh, yes, I'm I, sorry. I pulled I'm out sorry. my hair more than you did. <laughs> it's just weird because Nicola's been in the hospital for the last few days, as our patients mm. will be well aware. So it was just a case of, all right, we'll see you in a few, see you in a few days, girls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, keep my bed warm, yeah. please. <laughs> I've got the electric blanket set to two. That's how I like it. <laughs> so the first four-finger discount baby, what should we name him? Uh, well, there's been a lot of push for Rudiger. Rudiger, yeah, I don't think Rudiger's going to happen. But you could shorten it to Rudy. No. No? Okay. Because um, Rudy reminds me of that movie. Yeah. Rudy was a, a little champion. Oh, I thought he was a dweeb. That's what The Simpsons made him out to be. Oh, no, no, he wasn't a dweeb. He was, um, who played him? Uh, wasn't that the guy from Samwise? Yeah, Samwise. Yeah. Sean Astin. Sean Astin, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure John Favreau, a young John Favreau, might have been in Rudy, oh. if I'm not mistaken. Okay. And, you know, Aston held his own in training. He just was a little bit smaller than the rest of them. He wasn't like the runt of the litter. I don't, I, I don't know. He was the 45th <laughs> best player on a 44-person team. <laughs> I don't want him to be a Sean Aston. <laughs> no, well, that's understandable. <laughs> uh, Elijah, as long as we're on the... Although he's, he's seen Stranger Things, he's actually pretty good in Stranger Things as Bob. Sean Aston's yeah. in Stranger Things? No, okay. Season two. Gotcha. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. No, yeah. I hadn't... I hadn't I actually still haven't watched any, outside of the pilot episode, I haven't watched any Stranger Things yet. Really? Yeah. I, it was just a thing where I watched it and went, okay, I'm interested in this and I will watch it, but I've parked it. You should... You can't watch everything all the time. You should take it out of the park, put it in drive. It's good. Okay. I'll get to it. I do like um, Winona Ryder and it looked like she was going to be doing good work. Until you see her at that award ceremony. Did you see her when they won the award and she looks scattered? Oh, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. It's part of why I like Winona, <laughs> Winona Ryder. <laughs> She looks, she looks like she has no idea what's going on. Mm. Where am I? What is he saying? What's he talking about? Yeah, um, She's doing kind of what you see with sitcom actors in that, where it's bad background acting. Like, if you think of in Seinfeld <laughs> when the bubble boy is having the fight with George and the bubble boy's father is in the background pulling a different facial expression every second. Is he really? Yeah. He can't pick a face. He just keeps <laughs> eye rolling and muttering and shaking his head and looking in all different directions. I never noticed that. Yeah. That's hilarious. He's, he, went, he goes full Winona. So last week, what do we do, Mitch? What are you actually naming the baby? We haven't. We've got it down to like three or four names. Okay, give me two. No, 
No, I'm not allowed to. Why not? I want to wait till. By he's... the time this goes to air, the uh, baby will be born, I, and I'll know. Uh, but I know, but I want to wait until he's born before I throw a name out, just to be safe, just in case. Yeah, in case he come in case he comes out a girl. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Whoops. Sorry. That was a smudge. You know, actually, the hospital, they were saying it's important that you don't make sure you don't buy blue clothes. Don't He needs to identify as what he wants to identify as. Really? I was like, he's a boy. He's going to wear blue. Have they been wearing, uh, have they been watching Monty Python's Meaning of Life? Is it a boy or a girl? No, a little early to be enforcing yes. gender roles on it, don't you think? I know, but so make sure you buy white, not just blue, because, you know, he's it, he needs to decide for himself. He'll be wearing blue. I, I mean... <laughs> Look, well, look, wear, wear whatever he wants. Let him wear salmon if you want yeah. to. But I, I don't know that a baby wearing blue is going to instinctively have him grow up a member of the patriarchy. I know, yeah. Like, there's more to it than what colour bib you have exactly. when you're eating your fucking Heinz apple puree. You know what I have ready to go, though, for the first photo? Shout out to Heinz, new sponsors <laughs> of the show. The I'm a stupid baby. Oh, uh, yes. Brilliant. I'm taping that to him for the first photo on the Four Finger Discount page. Cool. <laughs> I look forward to that. Uh, Mike Reese, last week. Mm. Very, very fine gentleman, isn't he? He was uh, such a lovely, genuine guy to talk to. Yeah. Um, you had said, and I, I, maybe even we, we might have even said this in the podcast, I, I am that kind of jet lagged from my hours being bounced around with the amount of time we've spent talking to the States over the last week that yeah. I don't remember what I said yesterday, what I've said to you, what I've said to other people, what's been on the re- podcast. So if I repeat myself more than I usually do, I apologize. But it's been said about Mike Reese that he just always is, uh, it was on the, one of the Simpsons forums where someone got angry that he always sounds like he's smiling yeah. in the DVD commentaries. And that's exactly what he was like for the entire interview. He just sounds happy yeah. all the time. Even when he's maniacally talking about stealing our donut. Oh, yeah. That was funny, wasn't <laughs> it? He was like watching every move. He was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, they've got a donut. <laughs> I'm using a donut. <laughs> but if you haven't listened to it yet, make sure you go back and check out our interview with Mike Reese next week. Who are we talking to, Mitch? Uh, next week, we are talking to another Mike, Mike Scully. Yeah, we've already spoken to him. That's going to break the illusion. But mm. it was a great interview, wasn't it? It was really fun. Do, do you want, should we tell them what happened? So, we did the first one. Oh, with Mike? Yeah. Yeah. Scully. Uh, yeah, so, well, Mike now yeah. to us. <laughs> Skull. Um, Skulls. We, we did the first one. Went fine. It was about a half an hour interview. And that's why the, the upcoming episode is going to be fucking long yes. because the interview was shorter and we're like oh we better pad this out we did a longer mailbag and we did some more chat and then we got an email a couple hours later going hey look there's actually some other stories that i'd like to talk about can we do another call in a week so of course we were like shit yeah we're like we'll jump on for another phone call and then did another 40 odd minutes yeah 45 minutes about yeah. That, yeah so it's a really long interview but it was and great. it's really really fascinating and get a lot of good insight from the guy yeah who is really pragmatic i think about his involvement in the show and some of the episodes that he's put out good or bad it's really fascinating to listen to because he's he's worked on shows like Parks and Rec Everybody mm-hmm. Loves Raymond yep yeah he knows what he's doing Mr. Scully but anyway much a poo about nothing yeah an episode that I feel like we've uh, whatever well I'll start again an episode that I feel like we almost need to walk a bit of a fine line with in reviewing yeah. in the way the social conscience has changed over the last few months so what I will say is that I went into this, like reviewing any comedy, that it, you've got to let, appreciate the vacuum that it existed in at the time, and remember that at the time this would have been seen as a really progressive episode. I still think it is, to an extent. In a lot of ways it is. I think the a, lot of the... a lot of the attitudes are still relevant today. Yeah, I think the way they send up xenophobia is excellent yeah. in this, and 
there's a few direct parallels between what's going on in America now and what they're talking about in this episode. There's a weird thing that happens throughout it where they kind of have one foot in either camp of they are trying to humanize a poo, but they also do resort to stereotypes for comedy. The university and everything. Yeah, the university graduating in my class of seven million, little Manjula as being his arranged bride. Intro to Manjula, by the way. Yeah, that was... Um, it's, it is cool that they brought Manjula back and paid that off later. Yes, yep. That it wasn't just a throwaway. Uh, it probably was at the time, but mm, then they, course, yeah. they bring it back. But overall, I still think that this was done... Personally, it feels like this is done with love. And if people interpreted it a different way, that was certainly... You couldn't possibly watch this episode and say that that was the intention of the writers. No. Or any episode to that point. And we've said before about Apu that, yeah, he's a stereotype. Yeah. But everyone on The Simpsons is a stereotype. Like, there is almost no normal character on that show. They're all sending up something. They send up themselves as much as they send up any other nationality. What I do like here, though, is... I know there's been controversy about Hank voicing Apu, mm. but he does a brilliant job in this. He does. He I, really I, acts it out well. I particularly love the scene where he's trying to act American. Yeah. And he slowly dissolves back into being Indian again. One of my favourite quotes is um, when he finally snaps at the cover of Entertainment Weekly with Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman staring at me with their dead eyes. Yeah. <laughs> now, you just said it right. Because of the recent controversy, you started to do the Apu accent and you stopped. Is that because of what's happened recently? Uh, no, it's more because I didn't feel like I was hitting it very well and I bailed. <laughs> but is it, uh, should we restrain from, or refrain from doing the Apu accent now? Which is, I'm, I'm, quoting, just, I'm just so used to doing it. If I'm quoting Apu, all I'm trying to do is mimic what that character is. And in general, I don't, like, where do you draw the line between what ra- accent is racist and what isn't? Like, if I do, if I sit here doing a New York that's not racist, but I'm not American. Like, it, it's, you know, or if I do Scottish or anything along those lines, then you, it, it, I mean, I don't, and this is a, a question. I honestly have no idea what the answer to it is. Do you draw the line just at the accents of people from a different colour? And is, if that's the case, if I do a New Zealand, how do you know I'm doing a Maori and not a white person? Like, that's true. There's, I, I just always personally come back to, I guess if you're in a room with someone, would you feel uncomfortable doing it? I would now. Uh, you know why? Because there's so many people who I work with. I did the approved voice about two months ago, and they didn't. I wouldn't say ridicule me, but they said that's you can't do that anymore. I was like, but I was just oh, okay. I, I, I feel when I do it now. Thank you. Criticize again. <laughs> when I do it, they jump down my throat. So it's mm-hmm. like, oh well, maybe I shouldn't be. Don't you work almost exclusively with white people? Yeah. Hmm. So there's no possible way that you're offending anyone in that room. That's more of just a I'm offended that, an awareness of the fact that people could be offended by yeah. that is what's permeating the room there. It, it's it's just it is an interesting, difficult time. But again, I I just feel like you've got to come back to what your intent is, and I I mean it's always going to depend on relationships. Like I've got. Uh, I used to work with a guy named, named Soundkelp who was really, really funny dude and he would be self-deprecating about his own heritage a lot. And Did he do that? Did he do that as a way of stopping you from doing it because he was doing it first? No, no. I know you wouldn't, but some people probably would. Some people probably would. Um, but he it was more a case of he would start and then I would layer it on. Yeah. Um, it helped that we were working in a sales environment, so it was kind of that typical... 
um, you know, he, it was door to door, so he was making jokes about how he's uh, brought the call center to the outs- outdoors or something along those lines. Yeah. But anyway, the point is, like, some people are going to take it in good humor, some people are going to be offended by it. Um, I feel like when you're in this environment and you're addressing a large group of people, you've got absolutely no way of knowing which way that's going to go. So you can just only be true to yourself. And if someone happens to be upset by something you say, you apologize and try to explain what you actually meant. For the most part, I'm never trying to upset anybody though. At the end of the day, this episode is just fucking funny. It's really well, good. The, to, to write the episode off would miss a lot of really great writing and some really good... Um, double entendres and word or not so much double entendre but wordplay and as I said a really powerful political message about xenophobia yeah. that needs to be recognised and respected so but apparently the bears was a real thing <laughs> the bears were roaming California that's where they got the idea for it and it, oh, it, it okay. branched the story branched from that one of my favourite videos ever is like from a helicopter I don't know if it was a police chopper or a news chopper or something following a bear walking down the street Yeah, as a dude who, I don't know if he's texting or playing Game Boy or whatever it was. I don't know what era it was, but he's walking up an alleyway with his head down <laughs> and then sort of turns the corner and comes face to face with this bear. And it's just, he's got such a jaunty casual walk as he's coming towards it completely unbeknownst to, like uh, unaware of what's in front of him and then as soon as he sees it like it's not even a take Flanders. it's not even <laughs> half a second to react to what it is he just sees and pivots and bolts <laughs> <laughs> so he's Flanders in this pretty much yeah I never realised how often Flanders just exaggerates when things are going like for example there's nothing happening here it's a bear you would be scared the bear's yeah. not doing anything yeah they go out of their way to make sure that you realise the bear is not there to cause any harm the nice music tongue wagging yeah all this extra stuff but Flanders hilarious his scream is amazing yeah <laughs> yeah look I mean I, I wouldn't want to get close to the bear if I saw it in the street oh, no. I don't know what the land speed of a bear is I feel like I should be able to outrun a bear but that let's let's have a look at that land speed Brown bear? Black bear? Grizzly bear? Um, Let's ask Leo. He'll know. Ooh. Okay. A brown bear top speed is 30 miles per hour. Yeah, well, we're in trouble. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that. So, I typed land speed of a bear and the first few headlines that come up are, why you shouldn't try to outrun a bear. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that makes sense. They're a powerful animal with four legs, but they just look like they should be slow. We said a couple of weeks ago that uh, the... Curse of the Flying Hellfish was Grandpa's defining episode. Would you call this Apu's defining episode? Um, I think this episode humanizes him more than any other. What about the octuplets? Not that I've seen that in I a while. I wouldn't call that. Uh, is that defining though? I don't know. I don't know. I think we find out more about Apu in this. We get his backstory. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'd go, I'd go pretty close to saying this is the defining Apu episode. Hmm. What I like about it though is how they, as racist as it may seem, with the Apu character. He is the hardworking, intelligent one here. Everyone else is an idiot. That's another thing that when you look deeper than what the broad strokes of the character are, they don't ever really make fun of him as a person. I I don't think that... Like, the accent is thick from Hank, but it's not thick to make fun of Indians thick. It's just that he's an Indian, so you need to have an Indian accent. Yeah. It's kind of, you know... Apparently Sam Simon's idea, apparently. Realities of the character. Mike Reese wrote on the script, do not make him Indian. He He is not to be an Indian. Okay. And Sam Simon said, no, he should be an Indian. So when Hank Azaria did it, Mike Reese thought that Hank Azaria had just gone against his will. Yeah, right. Uh, got against his rules. But no, it was Sam Simon intervened and said, no, make him an Indian. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. We should have asked Mike about that had <laughs> I known this a week ago. You know what else I like too? His reasoning for staying in America. 
mm. was to make sure that he paid back his debt to the country. And he made friends. Yeah. So, yeah. He didn't want to just bail and leave the debt behind. He wanted to stay, work hard, pay mm-hmm. off the debt. And the reason he didn't want to leave eventually, like you said, he'd made so many friends and family. He had yeah. no family. He had a lot of friends there yeah. who he considered family. Could have been anything, Apu. This is quick by choice. There's more to that character than a lot of people realise, I think. Uh, yes. Probably because a lot of it is not on the page. It's more implied than what's actually shown. Yeah, and I actually didn't know Apu's backstory because this, we mentioned this a few weeks ago, this episode never aired on TV. You very rarely saw this in reruns. Yeah, that's very true. Um, I've seen this a handful of times. Probably, yeah. Five, well, I've, I mean, I would have watched it on DVD a lot, but it, I couldn't think of the last time it just popped along on Fox 8. Yeah, yeah. I, I, and I remember the gist of the story, but the little gags. Favorite moment. Okay, it's my favorite moment. Mm. Moe's immigrant speech. <laughs> my goodness. My, mine was Mo in the test with the That's the payoff mustache. So he's yeah. hiding the fact that he's actually an immigrant by being over the top. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah. You know what it is? They're immigrants. Yeah. <laughs> they came and learned themselves the language. <laughs> what, oh, what time is Centi- That's my sentimonies, Mo. The, that's exactly that's my sentimonies exactly. And then Barn. <laughs> yeah, well said, Barn. Yeah, you tell him, Barn. <laughs> So great. This that scene feels like something you'd watch on like Married with Children. Uh or, well I was gonna say Mel Brooks Blazing Saddles is yeah. what it feels like. It's sending up racists as just being backwards hicks that can't string more than two words together. Yeah. The funny thing with, with the whole immigrant thing too is that they make them take this test, know a lot about the country to become a citizen. A lot of the time they know more about their own country about their country than what the people that live there do. Yeah, hundred percent. Just say slavery. <laughs> That actually happened. David S. Cohen, the writer of the episode, mm. a friend of his, going for a citizenship, knew she answered the question too much and the guy just interrupted and said, just say slavery. <laughs> well, I guess if the guy's there and they've like, okay, you've answered that well enough. Yes. I can I can give you a much shorter answer yeah, that we're yeah. happy to see on the test. What was your favourite moment? Uh, just Mo getting revealed? As Mo getting revealed was one and yeah. Chief Wiggum shooting the bear. What what did you like? What was mostly for his line beforehand? Sweet dreams, Smokey. Uh, yeah, it's, true. <laughs> it's just it's rare that Chief Wiggum gets a badass line. Yeah, and yeah. that's his little Arnold Schwarzenegger moment. My other moment is Lisa selling the rock to Homer. Lisa, I would like to buy your <laughs> rock. <laughs> and it's initial. No, no. Oh, well, if you're going to pay me, I'll take yeah. it. <laughs> uh, Homer tax and homeowner tax. That was yeah. another one of the great wordplays. Oh, this is a this is great writing. This whole episode trivia. I will kick things off this week. No problem. Who delivered the mail? Who delivered the tax? Who delivered the tax? Yeah, you saw a character. It's a character who normally plays somebody else. Or it's it's that character, but they're normally doing something else. Normally doing something else. Um hmm. I paid no attention to that, so I'm going to guess man, female? Female. Female. Being probably in say ten episodes? Um Maybe more. Lunch Lady Doris? Nailed it. Hey. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> uh what was in the Simpsons fridge? Baking soda? Yes, Baking how powder? many packets? Two? Three. Three. One was like empty, though, wasn't it? I'm still going to grant you that yeah. is correct. <laughs> I think they were all various states of Yeah, open. yeah. Homer's face at that moment, amazing. <laughs> I saw a great meme where it was me on payday, and it was like Homer huh. as gold, yeah. me one day before payday, is looking into the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how much was the ID that Apu purchased? Oh. A cheap forgery. A cheap something forgery. $300? 2000 Yeah, a lot. Wow. I wonder if they still cost that much money. You could probably just make them yourself these days. Um, Go to Officeworks, get them laminated. Yeah, more than likely. I mean, 
I can run a seminar later on. If anyone wants to pop down to Geelong, we can hook you up. Mitch is a legal act of the week. What is Homer's gross salary weekly? Oh, I knew I should have fucking written this down. I'm going to say $205. No, nowhere near it. Uh, $540. No. Damn it. Four, it's $409.62. <laughs> okay. But the cool thing about that is that they don't actually show it. Homer's thumb covers up his wage, but they do show all the deductions and then his net pay. Yep, cool. What is the subheading of the newspaper? The bear tax, by the way, was five bucks. That was going to be one of the questions. I thought okay. it's a bit too easy. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. Uh, subheading of the newspaper. It's the final newspaper. It's just towards the end before a poo goes for his exam, I believe. It's in regards to the bear patrol. Uh, not the bit about the bombings. Yes. Bear, okay. patro- bear patrol steps up bombings. Bobbing campaign? Bobbing campaign, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, how long did it take for a poo to complete his university study? Or college, whatever you want to call it. There was seven million. Was it three years? In America. Ah. His study in America. I don't know. Nine years. Nine years. Shit, man. It's a long time. It is. <laughs> well, you didn't go to university at all, did you? Uh, no. No? No. Just straight into the old... What was it? Telecommunications? That was your first gig? Uh... No, door-to-door sales for... Door-to-door sales? Door-to-door sales. How did I not know this? There must be some stories. It's three months of my life that I try... Or six months of my life that I try to sweep under the rug. There must be some stories there. Oh, it's some. Um, More than one occasion. What were you selling, firstly? Uh, I was offering discounts on your electricity and gas. Oh, you're the worst kind. (laughs) Well, I... I mean, the worst kind, but I was fortunate in that I legitimately did have the cheapest plans going around. Um... I won't shout. I won't name the company, but at the time we did have the best deals in the market, and I could put my hand on my heart and say, "I am actually saving people money here, as long as they will hear me out." How long did it take before you could realise they ain't into this? Oh, pretty quick. Um, 10, 15 seconds. You'd know if you were going to get a second sentence out. <laughs> second, well, just close the door on you. <laughs> no, it was more just: Are they listening or are they not? Just, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Goodbye. Th- Three occasions, people answered the door naked. Two men, one female. The female... Completely naked? Totally nude. What? No way. I refuse to believe that. One guy sleepy. One guy, quote, fuck, I thought you were my girlfriend. Really? (laughs) Yep. And the woman, when I say answered the door... Uh, she had a screen door. The wooden door was uh, was already open, so I'd knocked on the screen door, but she did not hear that and just wandered down the hallway nude before. She realised you were there? Yes. So you were just perving? No. Yes, you were? No. I can tell you that I have this image tattooed in my brain and it was not a titillating moment <laughs> in any way, shape or form. Um, yeah, on a what, sc- what happened when, you, when she heard on a scale Did of, she freak out when she saw you there? Uh, no. Which was more disturbing. Yeah. Um, she just kind of carried on as if it was business as usual. And I went, I might go to the next house because I'm not entirely sure that this person has all of their faculties <laughs> about them. I'm starting to regret asking about your stories. Yeah. Um, You're going to be lost now. I had a episode. lot of fun with... Uh, one thing that we would do occasionally because we'd go out in pairs would be... Well, I would, one was nude. <laughs> no. I would say I knock on the door and you're standing with me but you're off in the garden bed or something like that you're mm. not in view of the um, of the homeowner I knock on the door give my spiel part of what we need to do was see the actual bill to see what uh, current rates they were on so I'd say if you've got an electricity bill can you please go grab one for me they'd disappear I would then switch places with you so they come back you're at the door you carry on the conversation from there and we see if they pick up on the fact that the individual they're talking to just changed how, how often did they never really <laughs> not once did anyone <laughs> I did it six times no one ever knew <laughs> that's so good 
<laughs> That's how little people pay attention. I can understand if it was twins. Mm. Did you even look like the other guy? No, the dude I did it with was eight, eight years older than me with blonde hair. Wow. And about, conservatively, eight inches taller than me. Alrighty, let's get into the review before then. Mitch, who should we talk about? Well, I'm going to let the listeners do the talking for us because we got an email this week from Matthew Costello. Matthew? Uh, who recently... Is it Matthew or Matthew? Well, it's M-A-I-T-I-U with a little accent Ma- on it. Matthew. Matthew. Okay. No, I think Matthew. I don't know. <laughs> M. Costello. Yes. Uh, week in, week out. Uh, firstly, loves the podcast. Week in, week out. Brought him back to being a kid in Ireland watching through reruns of Home and Away to sneak in. Oh, sorry, waiting through reruns of Home and Away to sneak in an episode of The Simpsons. He's recently moved down under and is currently living in Brisbane. On your brackets expert, close brackets, advice. My first meal in the city was your boy at Big Roddy's Rip and Rib Shack. Mm. And my God, it doesn't disappoint. Here's proof of me below with the happiest head on while day- daydreaming of the barbecue sauces. He did look very happy. I saw the picture. Yeah. That's a happy man. I love that he's put on his bib. That's the face you had when you saw the woman walking down the hallway, right? Uh, no. I, <laughs> I promise you, there was no perving to be had. Keep up the great work, and I hope that you follow up on the threats to do a live show from Roddy's. Oh, uh, he's also... That's actually a pretty good one. He's come up with an alternative title for Much Poo About Nothing. The cool. Immigration... The Immigration Game. Yeah, I remember reading that. It's good, isn't it? Yeah. I was like, well, I can't top that. Very sharp. <laughs> uh, my alternate title, if you're curious, is yeah. The World's Illegalist Indian. A play on? A play on The World's Fastest Indian. Yes. Has Anthony Hopkins ever been on The Simpsons? No, I don't believe so. I think it's just the likeness of Hannibal Lecter. Okay, yeah, when they applying for B-sharps? Uh, yeah. Is it the B-sharps? No, no. That's, no. That's, that's, they're trying to say excellent. They play, play Mr. Burns in playing the movie. Playing Mr. Burns yeah. in the movie, yeah. Speaking of guest stars, you got a bit of an exclusive out of Mr. Scully this morning, didn't you? Uh, I don't one, remember. A guest star so that wanted ago. to come on and he said no. Oh, yeah, that's let's really like, funny. Let's not go into who, though. Yeah, <laughs> no, you'll enjoy that little story. In the, um <laughs> What what was my response, Dan? Mitch gave a, a, yes, like yeah. A, a Harry, t- oh, you wouldn't know. International listeners wouldn't know Harry Taylor. No, just that, just that, a little like, fist, a little fist bump. Yeah, it was one of those. Um, please answer this. Please answer this. Yeah, like in any interview, maybe not in any interview, but you know the moments in any interview where the journalist throws a question out, or whoever it is throws a question out, hoping like this could be my exclusive. <laughs> just give me the juice and. Jump! He he took the invitation and dove st- dove straight in. Turns, went, yes. out, turns out he's mentioned it in like several commentaries. Oh really? I don't know. Probably yes. no. No, well I don't care. <laughs> the it thing was, is, when so Mitch started the question with, now you don't have to answer this, and we'll edit it out if you if you don't. I was like, oh my god, where is he going with this one? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, you saved it to the end at least. Yeah, exactly. I didn't want to interrupt the flow. But, I, you know, some people aren't going to answer the question that I asked out of politeness. Yeah. But uh, BigRoddy'sRibs.com, make sure you check them out. They're big supporters of the show and they love The Simpsons. They're great guys, aren't they? They are. And, well, presumably. Um, <laughs> I mean, I haven't met all of them, but I, I'm not going to... I don't want to speak for everybody at Big Roddy's Ribs. There might be some jerks, but... Even if they're there's jerks. Jerky, there's jerky there. Jerky. Well, there you go. Yes. Uh, if, even if someone's having a bad day at Roddy's Ribs, you're not going to have bad ribs. Exactly right. The original air date of Much Poo About Nothing was May 5th, 1996. And the couch gag... No, chalk, they've just given up on chalk gags now. Yeah. Chalkboard gags. Chalkboard gags. Um, well, I guess too hard to write and... They needed more time. Needed more time on the episodes, yeah. Yep. Couch gag was March, but Lisa and Maggie... Uh, moose heads on the wall and Homer is a bearskin on the floor and the hunter walks in yep. and he's proud of his of his what would you call them 
Kills? Trophies? Trophies? Yeah, trophies is what they call them. Such a, I a, call a, them a, <laughs> a a rich white man's pursuit in an increasingly irrelevant field. I hate I hate the fact they call them trophies. It's just... Same. Yeah. I, I'm not sure if we've ever spoken about this on the podcast or not, uh, but I... Look, it's one thing to have kept a trophy of an animal you killed in the 1800s when guns didn't shoot straight and it was a very real life-or-death scenario. But when you're going out with high-powered rifles and you can shoot something from two and a half kilometres away with a guide in a fucking park, probably best not to pose next to that because you may as well be shooting ducks down at the carnival. Fake ducks, not real ducks. Yes. <laughs> anyway, so much to about nothing. How does it kick off? It kicks off with a bear walking down a street. Yes. Which is... I didn't know the, the context of the California thing. It's a pr- it, out of context. It's a pretty bizarre way to start the episode, but beautiful at the same time. Yeah, apparently that the there was a bear hysteria. It was okay. referred to as uh, the news would just be creating all the bear hysteria because bears would be roaming the streets of California and mm-hmm. people were going crazy, responding the same way that Flanders did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love Brockman, uh, a large bear-like animal, most likely a bear. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just little jokes like that that. Who thinks that kind they of stuff? They permeate this episode. Yeah. Those little things. Uh, it's a really, as I said, it's a really sharply written script. 100%. Flanders. Are hit- wandering down the street in search of food or possibly employment. Employment. Now. Amazing. And that's where, again, not knowing the context of the bear thing, the instant instant thing that I was thinking of was the metaphor for um, Mexicans crossing the, the border. border. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That they'll take our jobs, they'll take our food that sort of hysteria that the media whips up or certain political members. <laughs> Let's not get too political. I'm not getting too political, but it's a political episode, so yeah. it's going to have to happen. I love Flanders. I don't have time for the secret knock. Did you hear yeah. that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Everyone's panicking. He just jumps through the window. Yeah. Don't, the bear's just sitting there. Yeah. No idea what's going on. Doesn't even know he exists. Like we, I said earlier, they really hammered up with the music and everything. Then they see the news report. This is Kent Brockman with a special report from the Channel 6 Newscopter. A large bear-like animal, most likely a bear, has wandered down from the hills in search of food or perhaps employment. Please remain calm. Stay in your homes. <laughs> Looks like bad news for the... Impson family. <sighs> Let's all calm down. Everyone's going to be just fine, as long as I've got enough beer. No beer. No beer. And then, I, I just like, yeah, instantly, well, this won't do. Yes. <laughs> if I have to be stuck in my house all day, I've got to go out and get some beer. Yeah. Did you notice as he's sneaking out, crawls out that window, the bush house is still across the street? I didn't notice that. Yeah, it was a kind of cool little detail, because you don't really see that side of the street very often. No. So... They could have very easily never have drawn that in again and just written it off as a one episode. Yeah, reality resets to normal later. But yeah, they they kept it there for that episode at the very least. I did notice that they changed the layout of the street. So when it's a little bit later in the episode, when there's a bird's eye view of the Bear Patrol, mm. the Simpsons is literally two houses up from the corner. Yeah. Okay. It sort of goes around. It's odd. How far from the corner are they in? Um, Springfield hit and run, or Simpsons, Simpsons hit and run. run. There, there is no corner. So when you're looking, if you're walking out the front door, the ever-changing geography of Springfield. Yes. <laughs> there is a good shortcut though. If you just keep going, turn left and keep going straight. People who played the game know what I'm talking about. So what happens? He tries to sneak out via the telephone cable or the yep. power cable of yep. some kind. Tries to stop, 
dropped gracefully into his car through the windshield. Gracefully through the windshield. <laughs> it reminds me of now I just pull my legs out with no both my arms out with my face. With my face. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's look, this is just a very funny pratfall when home uh, Bart grabs his pants to try and hold on, he falls out, crumples in the heap. Yeah. It's it's great v- acting from Dan here. Because yeah. it's, a, it's a sense of I'm scared, but I'm not scared. Because the yeah. bear's not really doing much. What do I do here? Yeah. But then the police rock up. We get the sweet dream smoky. Shoots Barney first. Yeah. Then shoots bear. Uh, shoots the bear. No need for Barney to be there. No. But it's funny. Just there to be funny. And then he's book him low. Yeah. <laughs> one count of being a bear, one accessory to being a bear. Yeah. Lou has a great line in this. Signs fault in the Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So great. So the Forest Service take away the bear. Yeah. Mo's Mo's truck <laughs> taking net. away Barney in the net. <laughs> I think this is the first episode, by the way, where we consistently get Helen Lovejoy's. Won't somebody please think of the children? They really hammered up here. I think yeah. it became a thing. Yeah, I feel like it did. I reckon she's probably mentioned it before, but as you said, it's a couple times yeah. it's called back to in this episode. Maud says a line here that seems stupid to me. We had to drink toilet water. We had to water. drink toilet water. Why? You didn't have access to your tap? Um, Maybe it's just further in, uh, heightening the panic that the Flanders family went through. Yeah, but, but Maybe they drank all water in the house and the reservoir. Yeah, there's a tap. <laughs> maybe they were too scared to go to the kitchen. Okay. <laughs> it's best not thought about. <laughs> uh, so what do they do? Homer's exaggeration here. It's like a freaking country bear jamboree around here. Or something like that. <laughs> yeah. And this is where you get Trump-esque fear-mongering. Yes. Um, so talking about how all these bears are coming in Flanders is the only one pointing out, actually, this is the first bear I've ever seen. Ever. In 30 years of living here. <laughs> yeah. But Homer just keeps going on. Um, despite, yeah, it's like no evidence that says this, but... This is something different. I'm afraid of it. We're going to make everyone else afraid of it. We're here. We're queer. We don't want any more bears. Doesn't even really rhyme. <laughs> no. I like the... Um, where'd you get that slogan? I uh, heard it at the mustache parade they have every year. <laughs> now, now, again, that might be a joke that is showing its age now a bit. It's funny. It's just the ignorance of Homer to not know what they're marching about. Yeah. It's not... like the, the crux of that joke is not gay people have mustaches. It's... That Homer doesn't know that they're campaigning for gay rights. <laughs> well, the Homer's phobia episode hasn't happened yet, has it? Uh, no, it hasn't. No. So we haven't had, we haven't got the, what's the guy from the steel mill? Oh, I don't know his high, name. But he's got a big mustache. She does have a big mustache. Yes. <laughs> so they all storm off to town hall. I love that Skinner planned ahead. I phoned ahead. <laughs> yes. <laughs> even the, the, the fact that that's even a question though. Yes. There's an unruly mob here to see you. Uh, does it have an appointment? <laughs> Quimby, being a true politician, knows how to get out of this problem, though, doesn't he? Mr. Mayor, I hate to break it to you, but your city is infested with bears. Yeah, and these ones are smarter than the average bear. They swipe my picnic basket. Think of the children. Very well. I promise swift and decisive action against these hibernating hucksters. This is where we get the bird's eye view of the bear patrol going around town and the, yep. the streets all fucked up, but it's just what they do in The Simpsons. Yeah. And I'm just going to play the clip. Lisa's logic with the rock. Ah, not a bear in sight. The bear patrol must be working like a charm. That's specious reasoning, Dad. Thank you, honey. By your logic, I could claim that this rock keeps tigers away. Oh, how does it work? It doesn't work. Uh-huh. It's just a stupid rock. Uh-huh. But I don't see any tigers around here, do you? Lisa, I want to buy your rock. The fact that she takes it as well. It's, it's, as a think. It's that, no, oh, 
Okay. Yeah. All right. Fine. Yeah. Give me, if it's five bucks, give me a squishy. So he then gets his paycheck yeah. in the mail and well, pay slip at the very least. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's a physical check or not, but um, it has these different taxes. It's so so low. Uh, yeah, five bucks. Yeah. Now, what I liked is that there were some actually, like, there were legitimate taxes on there. They had state withholding, government withholding, they had a FICA tax. Um, so, it, it was laid out pretty accurately for what yeah. a payslip should look like. And then, yeah, bear patrol tax, five bucks a week. His response is so genuine. Hey, how come my pay is so low? Bear patrol tax, five dollars. What? This is an outrage. It's the biggest tax increase in history. Actually, Dad, it's the smallest tax increase in history. Let the bears pay the bear tax. I pay the homer tax. That's the homeowner tax. Well, anyway, I'm still outraged. When he says bears should pay the bear tax, again, to to come back to Trump a little bit, my initial thought was I'm going to build a wall and get Mexico to pay for it. It's blaming the situation on them and then saying you pay to fix our problem. Did that wall ever happen? Is it even close to happening? I don't think so. (laughs) I mean, I'd be amazed if someone, if I turned on the news and like my two options were Neil deGrasse Tyson takes selfie with Alien or Trump's walls finished, I'm probably going, oh, well, Neil deGrasse Tyson has met an alien. (laughs) (laughs) If there's anyone that's going to meet an alien, it's that guy. It would be him. Yeah, that's true. He knows where they're kept. You know what I learned today? Fun fact. So I was learning the Blink-182 pop vinyls on the website. Apparently, Tom from Blink-182, there's only two of them now, mm. the guitarist left because he's left the band to try and prove that aliens exist. I kid you fucking not. <laughs> well, I'm not joking. He's got solo shit as well, apparently, but he's one of his things is he's left to prove that aliens are real. Well, if I could quote from one of the great Australian men of our times, you've got to have a passion for something. <laughs> So I was just like, why is there only two of them? Oh, the other one's looking for aliens. I was like, get the fuck out of here. No <laughs> fucking way. Forget it. Legit. So they go to town hall, outraged again that they have to pay for the tax. And Quimby has another way of getting... Or oh, ducking this issue calls for real leadership. Real leadership. People, your taxes are high because of illegal immigrants. That's right. Illegal immigrants. We need to get rid of them. Immigrants. I knew it was them. Even when it was the bears, I knew it was them. Oh, won't somebody please think of the children? In one week, the town will vote on a special referendum whether or not to deport all illegal immigrants from Springfield. It shall be known as Proposition 24. I love immigrants. It's just one of my favorite things of all time. It's pretty funny. Immigrants. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Please think of the children. Um, You said it's just now Mm -hmm. a thing. Then we cut to a pretty cruel scene of the kids making fun of Uda. Even Skinner joining in. Yeah. Well, again, this happens, though. You drum up hysteria in the the media, and it hits home in schools, in workplaces, everywhere. Well, the thing about this episode is, it's we mentioned at the start, it's still relevant to an extent. I've heard many people say, for example, in Australia, in Geelong, we've got a lot of Sudanese coming to Geelong at the moment. Yep. They come here, they get given a house, they get given a car, they don't even fucking learn the language. Quote for quote for mo. But that stuff still happens. You know, I've only ever heard the Sudanese people that I see in Geelong speak English, <laughs> just quietly. Like, oh, I used to work at Coles, and they couldn't speak. They would just point to what they want because they couldn't uh, speak. Oh, like when they were coming out shopping. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. But anyway, the point is, they're members of society. Yes. We're all members of society. And most of the people, it's like the thing from Mo's. Most of the people going, oh, I don't even know how to speak the language. 
would fail any written exam that you gave them. Yeah. They're the same ones that complain that, everyone, that they're taking their jobs but don't want to get off their ass and go work yeah. their job themselves. Yeah. They took my job. I, I didn't know you worked. Farm? Oh, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> they took the theoretical job that I wasn't going to apply for. Yes. <laughs> but it's it's not nice at all. But I do love here that Willie jumps in to stick up for him. You want to you pick on an immigrant? And yeah. then Skinner's, they want to pick on someone their own size. Well, which is a fair point, Willie. You can't fight kids. <laughs> If there's anyone that's going to fight kids, oh, it's Willie. He was he was going to line one up. He was going to throw down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was ready. He's going to knock them through the lockers. It was the. It wasn't like the normal boxing stance. It was this. Yeah, it was your old school. <laughs> both fists up. Oh, both it, both palms facing it was the opponent. Shake harder, boy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Skinner's line. It's pretty brutal, but it was kind of funny. The only thing we exchanged you for was our national dignity. Mm. Like, I don't know. Would Skinner be? Did Skinner fight for a white America over in Nam? Did Skinner even fight? Was his hair f- fixing his hair up? It depends on which version of Skinner you want to yeah. roll with. <laughs> but it just felt like it was a very quick about face from Skinner of all people to be involved in that mob. Struck me as... I'm sure there's a lot of racist Vietnam veterans. But I think Skinner's very patriotic sure that, though. Yeah. It didn't feel out of place at the time. It only feels out of place now when I look back on it going, would he really be that dismissive of his own student? Mm. Anyway. Moving along. I don't have a problem with it's there, with it being there. I was just sort of pondering at the dinner table, and Lisa. Well, Lisa sees that Uda's being uh, teased, and that she doesn't like it at all. She's feeling kind of down and unhappy mm. about it, so she questions Homer on Proposition Twenty Four. I don't see how you can support Proposition Twenty Four, Dad. Open your eyes, Lisa. Our schools are so jam packed with immigrants. Kids like Bart have lost the will to learn. There's no denying it, sis. And this is where we find out that the Simpsons family actually immigrated to... Immigrated to America themselves. Yeah. Which, I mean, the vast majority of America... Did. All of America basically did. Uh, This is one of the... It's funny, but I didn't... I don't know. It felt forced to me. What, this segment? Yeah, I don't know. I thought this was one of the best ever grandpa stories, personally. Even the way he sums it up, he goes, yeah, story's over, goodbye. Fine. But I was just more taken by the comedy within it. It was... Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but someday. Later that day. Yes. <laughs> like, that's really funny. Point. There's our new home. There's our new home, yeah. and they literally live in the Statue of Liberty. Yeah, I, I just, I don't know. It's it, Like I said, it's really funny. It just felt a little forced, because it completely changes the entire dynamic of the family, in the sense that they're now one generation away from being whatever country they're from. Um, not really Americans at all. They're just born there. Well, Grandpa was pretty small. So Grandpa's not an American then? He's pretty young. I guess he's well, he's an American citizen, but not American, not American by birth. It was just two episodes ago that Grandpa was the most patriotic American you could possibly think of. You can still be patriotic and not be. You can, yeah. but he always always goes on about the American way. I guess because he was a kid when he came here. And yeah, grew up, yeah. I don't know. It shouldn't have. It, it doesn't bother me. It just seemed a little. Well, it sounds like it does it, a little bit. You can put the knife down. <laughs> just, you've made your point. I'm not fighting. Homer's in at the quickie mart, and this is where the episode really kicks into gear. Could we find out that a poo's the illegal immigrant? Yeah. And you think Homer's going to have a do this twice this moment of realisation. It's very, very funny. This, the delivery from Dan is perfect. I am really, really going to miss you. Staples the picture <laughs> Staples up. Staples it and walks out. Yeah. It re- you really feel sorry for it's, a poo here. Yeah, you do. Like, if anyone was going to stick up for a poo, you'd think it would be Homer. Yeah. He's his best customer. But it's a, I'm really going to miss you. Mm. The thing is, Homer's genuinely going to miss him. He doesn't see what he's doing as bad. Yeah, he's like, he's like, I'm, I re- I'm really gonna miss you. Yeah, but sorry, but you know, get out. Rules is rules. I don't want to pay me five bucks. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we come back and we get the. I'm just gonna play this clip. It's yep. Moe's immigrant. 
You know what really aggravates me? It's them immigrants. They want all the benefits of living in Springfield, but they ain't even bothered to learn themselves the language. Yeah, those are exactly my sentimonies. Uh, you shut up, Bond. Everything about that. I don't, I don't know why, but Mo saying immigrant is just one of my favorite things in The Simpsons. It's like him saying Midge. Yeah. It's just when, when it doesn't happen a lot, but when Mo does just get very, uh, very thick in the way he chops and changes his English, it's but very fun. Even Midge is still a nickname. Immigrant is just the word being pronounced wrong. Is Midge a nickname for Marge, though? It can be, yeah. Okay, gotcha. But immigrant is just wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Apu is then telling Marge and the family at the Quickie Mart his backstory, essentially. Yeah. Um, and how he came to the country. And yeah, all. graduating stuff that we've uh, half covered yeah, throughout yeah, all yeah. this as well. And this is the bit where, like I said, it's both humanizing and genuinely written to fill in some blanks about who Mo is, but by the same token, uh, sorry, Apu, uh, who Apu is, but by the same token, there are some racial stereotype jokes in there. Which is what The Simpsons is. <laughs> it is what The Simpsons is. And it's also a thing that in the 90s was, like it or not now, it was par for the course. Like, that was not seen as being offensive at this point in time. The fact that there even was a regularly occurring ethnic character on the show was progressive in its own way back then. Now, that's not saying, again, that today you would write it the same way or you could get away with doing it. But I remember reading a Warwick Todd book when I was younger, the fictitious um, cricket diaries, and they were, there was a um, game where he's doing the tour of India. It's like the crowd... Yesterday it was 90,000 people. Today it was only 88,000, but obviously that family decided it had seen enough. So, like, it was a commonly made joke that they made, and that might, to anyone that wants to take offence to this, that's probably going to sound like me making a lazy defence of it, but with comedy you can't. Like, you can only write to what is accepted and what is funny at the time. And you could be progressive, and if you did see that as offensive in 1994, then you could go, all right, well, I'm not going to do that and I'm going to speak out against it. But you also can't necessarily blame everyone for what they didn't know. Well, there's a guy at work who's gay. And remember when Queer Eye for the Straight Guy started? Yeah. That was huge. Groundbreaking. First sort of only gay cast on television. Yep. Queer, Queer as Folk was on TV. But that was more of an adult show. This was a mainstream show. Yep. He hates it because of the way that they portrayed themselves on that show because... Yes, they portrayed gay people as the stereotypical queens. The way straight people saw gay people. Yeah. Yeah. And but back then I've always thought the same about Will and Grace. A lot of the yeah. a lot of what I see in that, I'm like, oh, that's a little cringeworthy. Yeah. But when when it first came out, it was like, Oh, it's great to finally have gays on television. Yeah. But the gays didn't like it. Or some of them didn't anyway. Yeah. Even uh Seinfeld's episode that at the time was hailed as being great, essentially like the not that there's anything wrong with that episode. The plot of that is two grown men are offended by the idea yeah. that people would think they were gay. Like, there's an episode of Friends that's the same. Yeah, and at the again at the time, it's it's just changing social uh, mindsets. So, uh, like at the time, the fact that it was even being discussed, and the fact that they were saying not that there's anything wrong with that, and like no, a, a person's pers- personal sexual preference is no one's business but their own, and all that sort of stuff. That was the stuff that was being hailed as being like, yeah, great. They're, they're breaking down a taboo topic. but The they, joke was still there, though. Yeah, exactly. The the core of what they were getting carried away with. The fact that George's mum fell off the toilet. <laughs> like, all, that's the sort of stuff that... you if That episode comes out now and it's going to sound tone deaf. But 
again, you've got to take yourself back to when it was being written and the fact that it's one thing that comedy does. It does break down barriers and it evolves as those barriers get broken down. The thing with The Simpsons, though, is they always, whenever we talk to the cast members or the staff, they always take the mentality of, well, we make fun of ourselves more than anybody else. Yeah. We're not just going out there and taking the piss out of a certain race. We bag ourselves more than anybody. Does that give them the right to then badmouth, or not badmouth, but to stereotype other cultures, though? I I don't know. It's such a difficult one for, yeah. for people in our position as two white guys who are nearly 30, well, average out to be 30, yeah. to answer that question because I don't know what it's like to be a minority. So I, everything that I say, I do... Abs- I don't, I don't illegitimize actual complaints and grievances that people have felt or do feel on a daily basis. But I can only speak to what I think they're trying to do. Mm. We're getting back to a poo story. What was this tic tac toe program thing that he was doing with the cards? What exactly was that? It was like an AI program of tic tac toe. I still don't understand how that works. So those cards were like how old school computers were programmed. Really? Yeah. Wow. So you would have had to have loaded those individually. Into a computer? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. So Bart So then when out. Bart screws the sequence up, it's useless. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, yep, it's yep. just into the bin. Yeah. His life's work. <laughs> he then mentions why he stayed, which we discussed earlier. And it was really nice. It was it was a really well thought out reason for him yep. to stay. Apu actually, by the way, here's another Simpsons predict the future. Frinkiak. Uh, Professor Frink talk- Frinkiak that's just what his name is to me now Professor Frink Professor Frink <laughs> talking about his computer and he's predicting that in the future they'll be yeah. twice as powerful and 10,000 10, times as large but a poo could it be used for dating? well theoretically yes but the computer matches would be so perfect as to eliminate the thrill of romantic conquest in way how on the money was that? But I'm sure the joke being that must have been happening to some extent already. The internet was barely around. Like, it was so fresh. Mm. It was 1996. Simpsons predicted Tinder. Okay. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> Apparently, they're also going to predict the World Cup final. Oh, really? I don't know. That's what everyone's reading. You talk- oh, yeah, right. From Based on some game, because two teams that are in the World Cup... Played against each other in The Simpsons. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. So, then what happens, Mitch? Uh, Marge agrees to vote no on Proposition 24. Because his only crime was violating US law. Great quote. (laughs) Yes. Lisa, you're the greatest. Can I have this, please? Then Kearney is trying to use a fake ID. Yeah. Oh, uh, here's a good question. What was Kearney's fake name? Chester? Uh, I think it was Charles. Charles. Charles Norwood. Norwood. I mean, it was Norwood, yeah. Here's my ID that proves my adultivity. Adultivity. (laughs) Well, Apu clearly knows who he is, but he's still yeah, trying. he's still trying to have one on. <laughs> and Apu, he sees an opportunity here, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah, because I like that he just admires the quality of the yes. ID. Yeah. He's like, tell you what, tell me where you got this and I'll overlook the ice cream sandwiches. So then he gets it from Fat Tony and the mob. Yeah. So, uh, it has been a while since I've felt like we've heard Joe Montana's voice on The I Simpsons. I thought the same, yeah. It has been a while. I think we haven't had the pretzel episode yet. When no. was the last time he was in it? I don't know. Oh, no. It was only a few weeks ago. Fish called Selma. Sleep with the fishes. Oh, but it wasn't brief. But it wasn't Joe. But it wasn't Joe. That was Dan Castellan. That was Dan. Yeah, right. Or was it Phil Hartman? One of the two. One it of the two. It was Phil Hartman because... Okay. Remember that article I did? Best yeah, Phil Hartman? Yeah, that's right. People, People freak. They lose yeah. their minds. He didn't do that. <laughs> he did. So, he gets the ID and he's... As uh, Fat Tony tells him, you're going to act American. I love the can of courtesy. You're American now. You're, yeah. I like, your parents are Herb and Judy. Now, nah, so be my better yeah. one. <laughs> <laughs> so then, even the music he's playing in the Quickie Mart, it's all American. He's yeah. wearing the big hat, like kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Hey there, Homer. How's it hanging? Low and lazy. So, hey, say something again. Oh, you're just noticing the way I'm talking to you now. You see, it turns out I am an American citizen after all. Apparently, I just plum forgot about it. Ha, ha, ha. Say, let's take a relaxed attitude toward work and watch the baseball match. The Nye Mets are my favorite squadron. Hey, you got rid of that goofy sacred elephant statue. Oh, yeah. What was I thinking with that? Who needs the infinite compassion of Ganesha when I've got Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman staring at me from Entertainment Weekly with their dead eyes? It's a great... It's this a great is, American doing an... Sorry, it's a great yeah. Indian doing an American? No, it's an American doing an Indian well, doing an American. Yeah. Hank here is brilliant. This is one of his finest moments, I think. Yeah, it's, it's really creative voice work. Even even like the words that he uses to describe baseball and things like that. Again, I love the anger about Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman, and particularly... Dated reference now? Uh, yeah, I think it is, but I think everyone still knows that Tom they and get Nicole it. They were together. A thing, yeah. um, but it's just that with their dead eyes, that's yeah. the bit that I really love. Because it made me think back to Christian Bale talking about how he prepared for American Psycho by watching Tom Cruise do talk show appearances. Really? Yeah. He actually, he he was like, he used Tom as an example of a guy who is animated and he's engaging and he does all the right things, but just nothing is going on in the eyes when he's on those shows. I've never noticed. I don't know if it's like that as much now, but certainly back then. I, for the first time, went back and watched in full the proper jumping on the couch Oprah moment. Oh, yeah. That was bizarre. Really bizarre. I remember when I saw it as a kid, I didn't think it was that big a deal. I, watched I was it like, oh, he's excited. He jumped. That's fine. But it wasn't just a jump. He just keeps going on. He falls onto the ground and he's praying. Uh, it's ridiculous. Uh, Not his finest moment Look, the guy all. was just trying to have fun. Uh, he's trying to have a chuckle. It got turned into this whole thing. It's Watch it again, man. The, no, watch it again. The fact that <laughs> someone jumping on a couch could nearly r- fucking railroad their career but do, you know, but do you know why ridiculous. he was doing it? Ridiculous. Yeah, because he was banging Katie Holmes and he was excited. <laughs> okay. Wouldn't we all? At yeah. that time? Moving along swiftly. Because he was banging Katie Holmes and he was excited. You just said that. And I firmly believe it. <laughs> <laughs> who amongst us is in the closet of Dawson's Creek fan? I never actually watched it. I know the theme song. Who, who watched hasn't it. watched her in the sex scene with I've, I was watching... Aaron, um, Aaron Eckhart in Thank You for Smoking? I was watching Dawson's Creek... For Charlie from Martin Ducks. Josh Hartnett? Yes. <laughs> that wasn't Josh Hartnett, was it? No, Joshua, Jack- Joshua Jackson. Joshua Jackson, sorry. Yeah. I get my Joshua was confused. Yes. <laughs> wasn't Josh Hartnett? No, who was the one that was from Pearl Harbor that was going to be get given a... He was going to be Batman. He turned it down. I think they gave it to... Brian Philippe? No, no, no. Seen. The guy from Pearl Harbor. I'm sure it's must be Hartnett. It's Josh Hartnett. Pearl Harbor. Was it Pearl uh, Harbor? Pearl Harbor film. I know... Cuba Gooding Jr.? Uh, no, Josh Hartnett was in. Yeah, they were gonna give Josh Hartnett Batman. I'm certain. Type Josh Hartnett Batman, and he, and he turned it down because he said it wasn't his thing. And then they gave it to Christian Bale. Yeah, it absolutely wasn't his thing. Yeah, that would have been awful. Can, can he, is it Batman? He, he turned down some big role. Tom Sizemore was in Pearl Harbor. Uh, Tom Sizemore, as for people hair. that have listened to the <laughs> blonde hair Sizemore, the movie guys podcast. Tom Tom Sizemore, uh, like a spice that you add to a dish. <laughs> Did you look up Hartnett Batman? I'm doing it now. Josh Hartnett, I regret turning down Batman. Yeah. Role. I'm sure you do, Josh. At the end of his career. Oh, well. But then later, Josh Hartnett, Batman rejection blown out of proportion. Oh. Um, interesting. May 7th, 2015, it's been blown out of proportion. June 16th, 2017, 
Why I turned down Batman Begins. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, Paul Hartnett. Those are silly decisions. Hmm. We're getting back to much of Pooh about nothing. So Pooh's realised that he just can't give up his heritage. He's just he's too proud of, of where he's come from. Yeah. And he, he when he looks at the magazine, he hears his parents as Tom Cruise and Nicole Gibbon. Yeah. And then what sets him off? Oh, what triggers him was Homer pointing out that you got rid of that silly elephant statue. Yeah, yeah. But then... A minute later, a poo, uh, not poo, Homer knows what it's called. He calls it Ganesha. Yeah. Yeah, well, sometimes things come to you. <laughs> <laughs> I so, like that um, Homer has a line about having a cold beer on a hot Christmas morning, yeah. which is a joke in America, but yeah. just life in Australia. I read a review where everyone's like, that's such a funny line. I thought, but isn't it? Oh, wait, no, it's usually yeah. cold. Yeah. <laughs> so this is where Homer realizes that he needs to change his ways. Yeah. And actually help a poo. Brings a poo home. Are you rounding up immigrants? <laughs> That's a funny line. <laughs> a poo thinks it's all hopeless though because you're never going to be able to change people's minds. They just, yeah. they want the immigrants out and there's nothing you can do about yeah. it. Yeah, Bart has the idea to marry him off. Mm. Um, we discover here that Selma has previously married Lionel Hutz for a period of time. I wonder if this was a deleted Where scene or something. Selma, was it? My name is Selma Bouvier Twilliger Hutz McClure. Adding another, adding Nahasapima Petalon would be too much. I wonder if that happened or if that was just meant to be a joke. I think it's just meant to be a joke. Okay. Just throw it in. We should get a flash. Oh, we can't because Phil's gone. Yeah. Damn it. No, it's fine just leaving it for your imagination. Yeah. It's better leaving true. it for your imagination. It's kind of harsh though. I'd rather drink poison. Poor a poo. Good God. Yeah. Yeah, it does hurt a bit. Yeah. Amnesty. Uh, Ooh, sorry. I, 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 do, I do like yeah. it though. Hey, Salma. Oh, yeah, yeah. Shut up for a second. <laughs> <laughs> Lisa then discovers that because Pooh's been in the country long enough, there's been an amnesty declared, and all he needs to do is pass his citizenship. Grandfather test. clause. Uh, yeah. It's because grandfather's the one that makes her realise. Grandpa. Yes. He says, it's a great line. Well, they don't govern the air. Why don't you live in a balloon? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so he's going to take a citizenship test, but he's only got a couple of days because it's going to be on Tuesday, the vote. Yeah, so he had to cram, has to cram everything that he possibly can with Homer. Even this line, like this is where you, you see Apu is really switched on. It's like, name this object. It yeah. appears to be the flag that went missing from the Probably state library. Last year. Yeah. <laughs> you are correct. <laughs> and then points out that it's wrong. And it must have been between this year and that year when these two states were recognized. A long, like, long the, time ago. The fact that he's nailed the exact timeline of when this happened and when that happened. Throwback to Lisa's wedding. Partial credit. Oh, partial credit. So then we get them put into the map of where is Springfield. This was still a thing back in the day. They wouldn't tell you where Springfield was actually yeah, located. Yeah, Bart wandering in, at the just last covering second. it. It was pretty funny. Well, Homer points to somewhere and you think, oh, they revealed it. And Lisa's like, but that, that's not where that's Springfield is. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Apu then falls asleep. When I was watching this for the first time, you would think that he's missed the test. That's what they're going to be going for here. Yeah. There's no, it's just he's fallen asleep and forgotten everything Homer had told him. Yeah. Good. Let's Perfect. Go. Let's roll. Yes. <laughs> And it's kind of cruel that all the people are at the front just protesting to get out of the country. Mm. Let him take the test. Yeah. It, it, in general, it's amazing how quickly with a protest you forget the humanity of the situation. Yeah. Again, like the, and I don't want to derail the conversation and go into another topic that can... Let's know, not get into it. Look, yeah, people yeah. are going to complain about things anyway, but it's like people protesting out the front of an abortion clinic. Mm. You have no idea why that person's walking in or what their backstory is. Put your placards down. Yeah. Let them go about their life. I noticed in the crowd that you could really hear Skinner over the top of everyone else. And he just kept saying the word immigrant over and over again. Right, okay. She's like, you immigrants, get out, you immigrant. Immigrants. It's just a weird audio loop yeah, that maybe. happened. Then it's revealed that Mo is one of the people taking... Do you remember who else was taking the test? It was Dr. Nick, Bumblebee Man. Uh, was Captain the, in there? Or was he Captain? American? Maybe. I'm not too sure, but Mo with the moustache. Hilarious. Mo with the moustache, great. 
falls off, tries to hide his face from the other immigrants. Yes. <laughs> Not even from the people. But he has been spending the last few weeks calling them immigrants and having to go Yeah, true. So he goes into the room to a- answer a few more questions. Yeah. he does. And we get the slavery thing. Yeah, just say slavery. Slavery it is, sir. This is one of the few times... That <laughs> which way to the welfare office? Who gets a genuine funny here? Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I work. Yeah, it's just, it's a real joke. Yeah, it's great. I love that part. Homer is then hosting a dinner. I love that Bart finds Homer hilarious with his little... Oh, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. But Homer's, I'm assuming, holding this dinner for a poo, right? Yeah. But also there was Dr. Nick and Mo, who also took the test. Maybe a poo invited them. Possibly. Maybe not Mo, because... Well, Mo could be there just because Homer's friends with him. Yeah. Dr. Nick probably just followed a crowd. <laughs> Maybe someone will get hurt at this party. But it's a really nice speech from Homer, and this is the second time where you think things are going to go one way. Yeah, rug completely pulled out from underneath you. Yeah, where you no, he, he really oh, drums. 20, he's quite the political organizer. Yeah. Homer, he started the whole thing. Yeah, he stops the whole thing, but not successfully, as it turns out. I like they play America the Beautiful. Underneath. It is a landslide. <laughs> this is eighty-five percent, ninety-five, ninety-five percent support. But even playing America the Beautiful underneath, yeah. then we get. Like the final little tag to the yeah. episode. So uh, Apu gets his jury jury notice, feels he's finally an American citizen, crumples it, throws it in the bin. Yes. And then Willie just shipped off. Ingrates. Yeah. <laughs> this, that was one of those things. We had a question sent in. One of the endings that happens but never gets referred to again. Yeah, right. And the question was... Kind of like the end season of 20... Uh, end of one of the seasons of 24. Okay. Well, the, the question was though, there's which ending like that do you wish they would base an episode around? What actually happened to Willie? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that would be interesting. See his life on the back. boat. Yeah. yeah. I'd like to think with Willie, the boat hits an iceberg and he swims back to shore for weeks. Why don't we write, since we're now friends with Skulls and Mike, mm. why don't we write a spec script? Write a spec script. He'll pass it on to Al We'll us. see what happens. Imagine that. I will. <laughs> and I'll smile I will take it. the time to imagine that and not speak, which is exactly what the listeners want me to do on a podcast. But a bunch of poo about nothing. Very political, but also very hilarious. And yeah. It's definitely one that I haven't seen for a long time. I'm, I'm assuming a lot of the listeners out there are the same. Go out and watch it. It's great. Uh, yeah, look, I, I again, with all of the caveats that we've already mentioned, I find the episode very funny and I'm not in any way ashamed to say that because I'm not laughing at the fact that Apu is Indian. If you're watching it with your kids, your kids are going to laugh at the fact that the bear is doing funny shit in Flanders is running away screaming. You'll laugh at it because the, the writing is just absolutely spot on. Yeah. Very, very well. As I said, it's a, it's a really well written episode. It's well crafted and it has genuine zingers. Yeah, it. I laughed out loud numerous times throughout this one. Yeah. yeah. What did we learn, Palmer? So what did you learn from the episode, Mitch? Uh, animal tranquilizer is a good substitute for alcohol. Apparently so. Yeah. I've learned that if there's ever a problem with anything, blame the immigrants. See, that's not a thing that we should be taking away from the episode. Maybe you do need to have some sensitivity training. Oh, man. You're married to one. Jamil! Jamil is here! Ooh. So, mailbag time. What have we got, Mitch? Chris Davies writes in. He just wants to give a quick shout out to... Dan Cribb and the Isolated is the band. They do covers oh, of Simpsons covers, songs. Yeah. They roped Guy Sebastian into one, yeah. apparently, to do We Put the Spring in yep. Springfield. So I had a listen. A couple of them are pretty good. A couple of them are like, eh. Google Guy Sebastian puts the spring in Springfield and that will come up yep. for you. Quote, Chris, it's fucking great. Get amongst it. Mm. Which, as that's as Aussie a, as a plug as you're ever going to get. We were actually talking off the air before we started about doing live podcasts around the country. Mm. And doing some trivia afterwards. 
Maybe we can get this guy to play live Simpsons covers in between. Well, uh, yeah, let's find out where they're from, but that could be done. Yeah. James Fraser has written in uh, with just a quick shout out for some other work that you can find. And there's a wrestling bent in there. I know we have a lot of wrestling fans. Harry Shearer recently did a guest on the Jericho podcast as Derek Smalls. Oh, he did too, yeah. From Spinal Tap, which apparently was very good to listen to. Also, um, wouldn't not many people would know this in um, Australia because I believe it's an Amazon Prime series from memory. Hank Azaria has been doing a show called Brockmire for a, at least two seasons, if not into a third, which is about a major league announcer who has a breakdown, gets sent to the minors and tries to work his way back to the major league. I swear we've mentioned this before. Yeah, it sounds really interesting. It's The the clips that I have seen, what I've seen on YouTube, it looks very, very good and it is getting some excellent feedback mm-hmm. and reviews. George McMenemy. The Animal Steel? Not the animal steel. George McMenemy. With friends like George, who needs McMenemies? Just wanted to take a moment to say how much he loves the podcast. He was recently considering doing a blog and reviewing each Simpsons episode, and it was during that quest that he found the podcast. Ever since then, he has been hooked. Uh, He's getting married in July this month. Congratulations, Congratulations, George. He has a question. Do we find the HD animation takes something away from the show? Yes. Okay, <laughs> he was thinking a few days ago that uh, part of the charm of the older episodes is the look, and that the HD episodes can come off as a bit sterile. Yeah, it's it, well, it depends because if you're just watching the older episodes the way they're supposed to, is a four three when it's just the square in the middle. That's four yeah, three, four, three. Yeah. That's aspect not, ratio. That's not too bad, but it's when they crop them to make them the full widescreen sixteen nine. Things get cut off. The, the, the lines look thicker. It, it looks it looks weird. It doesn't look right. I don't like it at all. Yeah. Channel 7 does it now, and it's just... It that's, not so much a, that's not really a problem with HD, though. That's a problem with converting... No, because it, you have to sort of... You have to have seen it to know what I'm talking about. That, no, that, I, I know what you're talking about, but I mean, just compare a 4.3 old episode to a 16.9 new digital episode. What would you prefer to look at? One that's made for HD, you mean? Yeah. I prefer the old ones. It's like you said, it's the charm. Yeah, it's it, it's not perfect, but that is the charm of it. Yeah, you knew it was hand drawn. I I agree, but by the same token, there is some beautiful aspects to the HD version of it. Hundred percent. And the camera I, movements are cool. It's a little bit more cinematic, a little bit more immersive. But it looks it's too a bitch g- for the writers because when everything's in HD, you can't like every word has to actually be typed. You can't get away with just scribble anymore. Yeah but I have one foot in either camp. I do like it, particularly when they're on location. They can do some really cool stuff. Like, I would like to see, say, Marge on the Lamb be redone in HD because when they're driving across the desert and over that canyon, I think that sort of stuff would look really, really cool in the newer format. I wouldn't mind seeing, yeah, older episodes remade. Even just stills, just a frame of the animation in HD would be kind of cool. I would like to see Homer 3D made now. Yeah, get Pixar on board for it. Yeah. That'd be cool. They're all the same parent company now, so they potentially could. Last, uh, The last bit of mailbag for this week comes mm-hmm. from Scott Keogh. Howdy, been listening to the podcast for a few months, recently became a patron and loving Thank you. the extras. Thank you very much, Scott. We're going to draw the Patreon winner for this month next week? Next, well, next review. Next review, sorry. Yes, yeah. so after Mike Scully. Yep. He's currently sitting on a train, well, probably not now, but at the time, was currently sitting on a train from London to Glasgow and passing the time listening to old episodes. He's come to Bart's comment where he's... Great episode. That was on Foxtel the other day. Fuck, it's a great episode. Brilliant. Where we were discussing the Where's Wally cartoon, which he'd completely forgotten existed. He's now planning on finding Where's Wally on YouTube upon his return home. Oh, Where's Wally? There he is. What's the point of this story? 
I like stories. Yes. <laughs> you know what I went and bought the other day? I didn't go out just to buy them. They had their $5 book sale in Westfield in Geelong. Yeah, yeah. All the Wes Wally's books, $5 each. Okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's great. I reckon I might still have some of those floating they're around so, at my parents' house. They're timeless. They're always going to be good. Yeah. Particularly when you forget where Wally is. Yeah. Um, my <laughs> favourite was Where's Wally in Hollywood, naturally. Yes, that was a good one. Yeah. yeah. I think uh, every primary school library had the Where's Wally yep. books. Where's Wally in time was cool, where he's in like the Aztecs and that sort of stuff. There was just the first Where's Wally. There was Hollywood. There was time. There was... Uh... Vacation? Was there one of like Where's Wally mm. on holidays or something like that? Maybe holidays. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. But great books. On the subject of books, I came across what is my favourite review so far for Homer's Odyssey. So, ah, okay, yeah. I'll end the podcast by sharing this. Haven't read the book yet. Open for about five minutes. Looked good. <laughs> so, that's the heading. We get to the review. Look, to be honest, I haven't read it yet. I did make myself and my housemate a good V60 pour over coffee one morning, and we did a few random trivia questions. They were hard and well done, but this review doesn't really provide much of an insight to the book. I have heaps of books in line to read. Hopefully, one day I'll get to it. PJ, five stars. <laughs> Five stars is all we need. That's fantastic. I love that he's got... He he describes the coffee that he had more than he describes our book. He's read the trivia. That's it. Yeah. Not even all of it. (laughs) A couple of questions over a coffee. And it was pretty good. Yeah. Quite hard. Hard trivia. Mm, Quite hard. Yes. (laughs) But if you haven't yet got yourself a copy of Homer's Odyssey, make sure you go out and check it out. We put a lot of effort into it. I guarantee you will enjoy it. It's, It's... I think it's a good read. I may yeah. be biased, but... It'd be a great... I, I think it'd be a great pairing with Mike Reese's We mentioned book. that last week, yeah. yeah. I think we mentioned last week. Read Mike's, read ours, then listen to the podcast. Yeah. Trilogy of Awesomeness. Yeah, that'll do. Yes. It's a little big-headed, <laughs> given that we're in two of the three. Next week, we're going to be reviewing Homer Palooza. This is a good one. Classic road... It's a combination rock and roll and road episode. Homer's strut with the Jamaican hat on yeah <laughs> so good Homer Simpson smiling politely yes so the good best character introduction of all time already in saying that Mitch any final words for the listeners before we let them go no on 24 but yes 224 particularly the first two seasons because Jack Bauer is just a boss shh